March Madness back tonight, John Wick style. Uh, no one messes with anyone's dogs, though. Uh, hopefully not. As March Madness is back in full swing, the full court press is on. Starting out 6:09, Arkansas. What? Here's some dogs. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, Rowdy, going against the Razorbacks of Arkansas. And then a little later at 6:30 on TBS. Well, first game CBS. Okay, I couldn't even tell you what programming is on CBS anymore. I have no idea. But I know on TBS, again, Russell Crowe will have to take the night off of Gladiator, and possibly Andy Dufresne uh, might have to go cram back into the, the Shawshank as uh, Michigan and Villanova getting it going at 6.30 on TBS. That'll be a doozy. Uh, let's see, here's uh, Gonzaga favored by 9.5, Villanova favored by 5 over Michigan. I don't know if you, you saw what um, – uh, Hunter Dickinson said. We'll get to that momentarily. And then a little later tonight, 8.40 on CBS. Again, couldn't tell you the programming on CBS. The Duke Blue Devils, Rowdy, going against Texas Tech. And that was a bet that you had yesterday in the Razor's Edge, if I remember correctly. Yeah, last two games of the night. The two latest games, of course, to stay up for. That's the two that we have wagers on <laughs> and for then, this week. And then at 9 o'clock, the first Razor's Edge bet of March Madness he had on a Tuesday, Rowdy did. Loves the spread of the Cougars. As let's see here, Houston and Arizona, nine o'clock. Well, eight fifty-nine to make you feel a little better. Eight fifty-nine on TBS as March Madness returns. You excited? Besides the tip-off times, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> not not for brackets or anything like that, but just for hey, there's something that I can watch yeah, tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, Sunday. Good sport. And if there's nothing going on, you got something to do. Yeah, you got something to do, and. Uh, listen, every, I think everyone falls in love with March Madness. Hell, I was uh, I met with my I, I told you about how the conversation I had with my stepdad uh, Roger about how he was crapping all over Wisconsin sports. He's big Zaga guy. Uh, they never broken through. He's probably North Carolina. He's probably a Duke guy. Maybe UCLA. Maybe a Duke guy. I'll have to. I'll yeah. text him. He's actually he probably has multiple horses in the race. I guarantee he's got a multiple <laughs> brackets. I'll give him. He usually does like five brackets. Uh, but Rowdy, the what I was going to get to is my mom of all my mom who's. You know, she's not the biggest sporting uh, person. She does rep her Wisconsin sports teams, unlike my stepdad, Roger, who does not. Uh, my mom said, though, and I quote, I love my college basketball. I stayed up all morning, all afternoon, and all night watching. I can't wait for it to come back on. So I know everyone is stoked to see it uh, happening again. Uh, my question for you, though, Rowdy, is when it comes to the Big Ten, I, I think I already know the answer. Uh, when it comes to the Big Ten, once the Badgers are out, obviously they are. They lost to Iowa State. But once the Badgers are out, do you then root for Big Ten teams to keep advancing and keep, you know, in, in Michigan's case, I guess, being a spoiler, they're 11 and see, I don't know they're spoilers. Uh, but do you now root for Big Ten teams left in the tournament, i.e. Michigan and, I guess, Friday Purdue? So I would say normally, like in the non-conference beginning of the season for college basketball, I'm always rooting for the Big Ten because you want to see them beat good teams. You want to see them beat other conference teams. Therefore, when Wisconsin wins, they have notable good wins against teams that have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when it comes to the NCAA tournament, I do root for the Big Ten teams, maybe not necessarily where I'm writing it down in my bracket uh-huh. and or making wagers on it. But overall, I would say I'm rooting for big 10 teams. That being said, oh, here's the, but if I have a bet but. against them, you're damn right. I'm going the other way. And the other thing is this Michigan team. I don't care if they lose. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really, this, this Michigan team is the one out of the big 10 where it was like, I want you to lose right away. Yes. And on the same vein as Rowdy, I'm right there with you. Did you see what Hunter Dickinson told the media yesterday? I did not. I saw he was, he's been talking to the media like since the last game got over. Oh, he has been talking to smack. Hunter Dickinson has a lot of things to say about uh, the rest of the big 10, especially the fans uh, of opposing teams that Michigan played against. This season was definitely, you know, like, not the best, not the way that we wanted it to. And, you know, other fans definitely let us know that, particularly Michigan State, Illinois, who else? Who else? Ohio State, who else? Oh, there's another team in there. There was another team. Well, who was it? You know who it is. Oh, my who, who's the other team? He knows. He's playing there's, there's one more. Oh, oh, yeah, no, the team down in Madison, the red and white team. 
they definitely they 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 definitely let us know how they felt about our season. You know, we heard those NIT chants. Uh, you know, they were hurtful. Um, you know, we they definitely hurt. But you know, it's funny how. They'll be watching us on Thursday back at their cribs. Oh, Rowdy. He knew who he was talking about Wisconsin, too. He was being coy. He'd be a little D-bag. Mm. I, I, if I was in his shows, I'd do the same thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but we heard those NIT chants, and now they'll be watching back at their cribs. And I quote, they were hurtful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Hunter Dickinson throwing his hat in the ring, uh, blowing some smoke at the likes of Michigan State, Ohio State, and, and I quote, the team down in Madison, the red and white team, in reference to Wisconsin. Uh, that would be the team that actually beat you uh, so bad that your coach had to bitch slap another grown man, which is probably the one of the most toughest looks anyone could ever do. So normally, like, I would like to see, I don't really, I'm indifferent for my Big Ten, like, Big Ten teams going forward, but in this case, all I got to say is go Villanova, Rowdy. Go Nova. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm rooting for Villanova in that game. <laughs> Big time. Like, Let's go. See, the thing for me with the Big Ten teams going forward in March Madness, obviously Villanova's a good team. They're a two seed. Michigan, the 11. They're much better than the 11. They were preseason ranked in the top 10. Yeah, weren't they top five? At five or six, somewhere yeah. in there. So, obviously, they're a better team than what they were. That'll probably... Spread, I think, is Villanova by five. Yeah, it yep. should be a good game. Yeah. Now you look at the other Big Ten team. It's Purdue, who, I mean, beside the pun here, they're giants <laughs> <laughs> compared to St. Peter's. St. Peter's. The 15 seed. And I feel like that's a game where St. Peter's is either going to come out and continue to be hot and it'll be a really close game and or Purdue's going to beat them by like 15. Yeah, I see Purdue's favored by 12 and a half. I see in this line right I here. I think that's either going to be a complete beat down by Purdue or it's going to be like razor thin. Yeah. Now here's the thing. So I don't mind Purdue like Zach Eady's fun to look at. Like he's like a, I don't, I don't want to sound callous here, but he's a giant individual. He's a giant. So it's hard not to like w- look and watch and kind of be like, how does a man who's seven foot four operate? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's like you don't see that too often. A seven foot four individual who can can ball, so he's like kind of like a weird case study to watch uh, in a good sense. I don't mind Purdue, but here's what I like a little more than Purdue: a 15 seed named St. Peter's, the Peacocks, who I had never even heard of before. I don't know how America doesn't love a Cinderella story. So uh, I want Michigan to lose badly to Villanova. I wouldn't mind if Purdue won, but I lean more of St. Peter's wanting them to see them advance just because of the Cinderella story. You know what I'm saying? I kind of feel bad for Purdue and uh, Coach Painter. I feel like they have a lot of good teams a lot of times, and then they just choke in the NCAA tournament, and they have early exits. This time they're in the Sweet 16. They have some really good players, especially Jaden Ivey, who's yeah, going Ivey's to be a, a lottery pick. Yeah. But then you also have the Edies and the Williams of the world, and they have good players. I, I don't, I'm more rooting for Purdue over Michigan. Well, same. I that's, don't want that's Michigan. That's easy. Though. I would say yes. I'm rooting for Purdue. But what about the story of? Do you like the story of St. Peter's? Do you? I mean, okay. With the Big you Ten, seem, you're a little different about Cinderella stories than I am. I feel with like. the Big Ten only having two teams left in the tournament and one being Michigan. Yeah. Who a lot of Wisconsin fans currently have in their crosshairs. I mean, I just more fueled with fire of those Hunter Dickinson comments. My bracket being absolutely terrible. And me being a person that wagers, I'm going to root for Purdue and whatever I bet on. <laughs> Would you bet on Purdue 12 and a half? No, because I told you I think it'll oh, either yeah, be super just, close or they that. blow them out. Yeah. Uh, St. Pe- this is what's tough for these Cinderella teams is when you first start the tournament, obviously the games are, I mean, you only have to wait a day. Yeah, momentum. It's back to back. Now they had a lot of time to go you know, home and, and cool off and think about, wow, what we did was so special. That's crazy what we're able to accomplish. Everyone doubted us. Now you had time to cool off and Purdue's like, can get tape on you, can study you and be like, all right, well, we're just going to punish you now because Purdue's clearly the better team on paper. Well, that's like when you see a lot of those uh, Cinderella teams that come out of nowhere and they win a game or two and all of a sudden they're in the sweet 16 
how many of those teams that make the sweet 16 end up making the final four? Yeah. There's not many no. of them. It's what the George Mason and the VCUs of the world. Yeah. Did, That's about it. How far did, did Bucknell get a sweet 16 or were they elite eight? Cause I remember Bucknell. I, I always confuse them with a run. Um, yeah. George Mason. And I don't really, I, I know Butler is considered or at the time was considered a smaller kind of uh Cinderella story, but Let's be honest. They now play in the Big East. Yeah. They also had multiple NBA players on that team that went to back-to-back championship games. Yes. So, I mean, I love the Cinderella story. It just stinks kind of for St. Peter's because they've cooled off, you know. Uh, I, I, it, I'd imagine it would – I've never obviously been in the position, but I'd imagine it would be a little hard to continue on with being a hot team with momentum after you spent, like, almost a week away – from you know just practicing and being back home and yada yada yada, uh, would like to see more from St. Peter's, but reality would tell me that Purdue, uh, Ivy and and Edie would get her going, uh, but would love to see Michigan get absolutely throttled by Villanova. God, that would be nice. And listen, Hunter Dickinson, I can remove myself as a Badger fan to look at it. I would say the same thing that he's doing, stir the pot. But as a Badger fan, man, do I want you to get owned? What do you think of his comments, Rowdy? I mean, I get it. I understand. Yeah, I mean, that. it is what it is. Yeah. He wasn't. He he was the guy firing everyone up the last or the first couple of games of the March Madness tournament. Yeah, he he's been on the podium quite a bit. Yeah, he's living his best life. How old is that dude? I feel like I think it's only his second or third year. God, he's one of those players that feels like it's been around for a while. But just when you're good, you're good. You know. Uh, all right, so yeah, March Madness getting underway, going down uh, tonight. He can never quite ever be an NASCAR driver, though. Too tall. He can't go left. <laughs> that's that's true. Make him go left, and he and he can't get it done. All right. So March Madness getting underway. Uh, very excited for that. A lot of stuff to talk about today when it comes to uh, the NFL. Tyreek Hill on the move. That means uh, there's a certain spot open for wide receiver in Kansas City, and there's a guy who's uh, pretty fast. I don't know if he's as fast as Tyreek Hill. Let him go. But he's pretty fast. I saw that Marquez Valdez Scantling. Let him go. Is going to have a free, an official free agent visit with the Chiefs coming up here. To quote another sportscaster and uh, radio, I mean, co worker, I guess. See ya! <laughs> oh, the unit? Right, MBS, so we'll see you later. We got to get into the madness that was yesterday of uh, the NFL and also compare and contrast to what happened with Devontae Adams to the Raiders to Tariq Hill going from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. Just a wild, massive deal. Uh, for Tariq Hill. And then also the Packers, uh, we have already talked about it a little bit. I saw them linked again to two wide receivers. Um, these guys re- uh, reside in Seattle. <laughs> so I did see a couple of funny tweets, and it was like the history. Uh, what, I can't remember exactly what Twitter account it was. Was it maybe Bleacher Report? Don't quote me on that. Oh, yeah, but they were talking about like when the Raiders acquired Devontae Adams. Yeah. So now the Raiders have Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. They have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. And they were like, good luck trying to stop this offense. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's a picture of like Tua, uh, Jalen Waddle, now Tyreek Hill, Mike Gesicki. And it was like, good luck trying to stop this offense. And let's not forget, they also have Devontae Parker, yeah. who's a pretty good receiver in his own right. Yeah. And I saw someone quote the tweet and go, Tua will stop this offense. <laughs> I saw it's like Tua trying to look 60 yards down the field to hit Tyreek Hill and he's like squinting. Uh, what was Man, it? there was some Tim Tebow slander even on the Twitter sphere. Oh, rowdy, where come it on. was the, um, the one where it goes like everyone goes deep and then uh, here's Tua and it's the one where he like loses it out of his hand and it just yeah. kind of goes. Like 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 putters, sputters yeah. up. <laughs> I saw another uh, tweet. It was. I was down in Florida. It was this like dilapidated looking trailer um, mm. in a trailer park, obviously in Florida. It, you know how the grass is all like kind of like yellow and singed. And on one side is like this like badass Ferrari. On the other side is like another badass Ferrari. And it says uh, Devonte Parker and Tariq Hill. Um, and, and the rest of the I saw one like that too. It was kind of <laughs> like one of those like more rundown houses in Florida. Yeah, with the overhang. Uh, the Davenport. I guess you would say like. Kind of like uh, it's like it's called a Davenport. It's like you park your car under it. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those, but yeah, like you said, it was like a really nice sports car yeah. parked under this crappy house. It's like Tyreek Hill with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, office. Tyreek Hill pulls into Miami. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Uh, wild, wild stuff happening in the NFL yesterday, and we got the Milwaukee Bucks. Ten games left in the regular season. Uh, there will be history made tonight.
at the Pfizer Forum. Our own Bonnie Olson will be the first ever female PA for the Bucks tonight. Hunter Dickinson, you know, star of Michigan Wolverines is... Them and Purdue are the only teams left for the Big Ten playing. Hunter Dickinson, we I was going on, I don't even think it was a limb saying that they were going to be in the NIT. NIT, Michigan, bound. And then it was a, kind of a surprise that somebody threw him a Hail Mary. They got in. And like Iowa State, like people didn't think they should, should be in either at the 11 seed. Oh, now they're going against the, the U, Miami, uh, of Florida, not Ohio. And Michigan, uh, they'll be playing tonight. They're taking on, let's see here, um, why am I blanking on this? Villanova? Yeah, Villanova. Excuse me. Thank you, Rowdy. Villanova. Uh, but leading up to that, yesterday at the podium, Hunter Dickinson, about, you know, chance of NIT, he had this to say, and then I started thinking about, you know, who I wanted to see advance in March Madness selfishly. Uh, here is what Hunter Dickinson said on the podium yesterday uh, about other teams in the Big Ten and things they heard at other stadiums. This season was definitely, you know, like not the best, not the way that we wanted it to, and you know, other fans definitely let us know that, particularly Michigan State, Illinois, who else? Who else? Ohio State. Right here. Listen to this. Who else? Oh, there's another team in there. There was another team. Well, who was it? Oh, my bad. Who was the other team? There's, there's one more. Oh, oh. You know, the team down in Madison, the red and white team. They definitely, they, 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 they definitely let us know. How they felt about our season. You know, we heard those NIT chants. Uh, you know, they were hurtful. Um, you know, we, they definitely hurt. But, you know, it's funny how they'll be watching us on Thursday back at their cribs. I want Michigan to get throttled. Here, Okay. Throttled! So, Grant, the uh, last week, was talking about how the regular season really matters more than, than the NCAA tournament. Correct. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like the regular season matters more than the NCAA tournament? No. no. It hurts. It, but. It hurts. This is also a guy who, I don't know if you were listening yesterday, says the NBA is better than the NCAA. Grant Bills has and said many times also that goes, he's not a college basketball guy. But then also goes into the fact that the regular season means more. So, really, the Bucs should have a couple more championships because they were the number one overall well, seeds a couple times. He's a confused individual. Yes, but. That's beside the point. He also said so, he'd refer. He doesn't have two second places on the, the ba- Based on this, I would say the NCAA tournament is more important than the regular season, and a blue blood like Michigan thinks they are <laughs> finds Wisconsin as a threat. Oh, totally finds Wisconsin as a threat. I mean, it's so threatening like, that their coach had to slap another uh, another it, assistant coach on our team. But it's not just that. <laughs> In in other wait, there's in, more. In other seasons, <laughs> would you have ever heard a Michigan guy throw shade at Wisconsin over Ohio State? You mean Michigan man? It's a Michigan man. I RJ. don't believe he's a man yet. <laughs> you gotta, but they're kids. You gotta, you, but they're kids. You can't make fun of them. They're kids. You got to learn to go both ways on your shots before you can become a Michigan man. How can they be like? Okay, for instance, when you, people always will get some people get mad when you're like, you can't make fun of them. You can't say that they're kids, but then they call them Michigan men. Here, here's but the best part: See, they're I, all eighteen years old or older. <laughs> they're not kids. And I've, I've been under vote. that guys. They can go to war. They can make money now. The only thing they can't do is drink. Yeah, they can make money now with the nil deals. Yeah, yeah Rowdy, what were you saying? No, I was just gonna. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like okay, you're now in college. You're now eighteen. You you have the ability to vote. Going to the military, you can do almost everything but drink. But you're going to call them kids legally. <laughs> legally, Le- uh, uh, legally. I don't think you can rent a car. Oh, that's twenty five. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. A lot of college kids can't. But can you rent a U-Haul? Yes. There you go. There's a there's a there's a wraparound. Oddly enough. All right, so I'm going to put a Twitter poll up here. Uh, what do you want to see happen? You know, since March Madness is back. For our Big Ten teams, because Purdue plays tomorrow, and Purdue takes on St. Peter's. And here's the here's the kicker. I think we all are in agreement in this room here that we want Michigan to get throttled by Villanova. Or just lose, right? I, I am. I want to see Michigan lose. I want to see Michigan lose, but also, see, I hate to say this when Ben is here, but I actually don't mind Villanova. I, I do respect the hell out of Jay Wright. I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, I like, and he's yeah. And he's, like, quiet about it. He's not, like, a in-your-face, like, I'm... Doesn't Ben agree with that? No, I'm just saying I don't want to give him credit. Oh, that that his guy is that good. Gotcha. 
But yeah, like he's kind of like the quiet, down low, kind of soft spoken. But all of a sudden, every time you look up, Villanova's really good. Yeah. All right. So, well, but okay, okay, here's my conundrum, though. Yeah. And you want to see Michigan lose or Villanova lose? Michigan. Lose. Yeah. Same. I'd be rooting for Villanova as well. Same. Here's my question. I love a Cinderella story. America loves a good Cinderella story. Michigan's not a Cinderella. No, no, no. Talking about the Purdue game. This is Purdue St. Peter's. America loves a Cinderella story. St. Peter's the 15th seed. I didn't even know this team existed. I'd like Purdue to move on. What? You didn't know St. Peter's existed? You're not a huge Northeast (laughs) Conference fan? Like the Northeast? Are you kidding me? I'm like, who the hell's the Peacocks? The Peacocks? It's it's either them or uh, Upper Iowa. (laughs) Um, I'll root for Purdue, but if St. Peter's ends up pulling it out, I will go crazy like I did when they beat Kentucky. And I'll be like, yes, 15 seed. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, so Rowdy, you're getting corrected. They are, they are M-A-A-C. Sorry. Again, Sorry. That, go, that goes to the St. Peter's. Who? All right, let's go to the phones quick. Who's this? Good morning. This is G-Dub. <laughs> G-Dub, what's up, you handsome SOB? I don't want to. I don't want to throw any shade to anybody or sound like Dave from Monona or Polly because I don't. I don't do that. Too late. But <laughs> but and since since we're calling them men and sorry, I play basketball, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little bit of a hot take here. Please. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys agree with this. Do you think Johnny Davis is overrated? <laughs> Oh, before we get to that, let me ask you this real quick. Who do you want to see win tonight, Villanova or Michigan? I, oh, Villanova for sure. And then Friday, who do you want to see, the Cinderella story that is the St. Peter's Peacocks or Purdue? The Cox. The Cox? The Cox. Okay. And now your hot take, G-Dub, is is Johnny Davis overrated? I I think think he is. I I, I, I don't want to throw shit. He's a great player. But have you ever seen a a, a potential national player of the year like he had a Purdue game, okay. Mm-hmm. But and then after that, then what? I mean, he scores fourteen points in a quarter. First half, he's he's non-existent in most games. Second, in the second half, he'll go to the free throw line and he gets most of his points in the free throw line. Yeah, he creates shots, but one, I don't even think he hurt his ankle on that play. Like I really don't. I don't think. <laughs> I, I just think he was just getting ready for the NBA. Like literally, I think his mind went to the NBA and I don't blame him. Like, sure. Cool. Like it's his prerogative. I don't blame him. So your, your stance, Johnny Davis overrated, overrated. Now, if it wasn't for Johnny Davis, do you think the Badgers are even looking at a March madness birth? No, absolutely not. Do you think they win a share of the big 10? No, 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 the Badgers are not where they're at without him. I get it. I get what you're trying to say. He's not national player of the year. Quality. I don't even think he's Big Ten Player of the Year. I, I really don't. I think that, that the Indiana guy, that Jackson Davis, that, that guy, you, you know what you're getting with him. Like he's a post player down the, or even the guy from Purdue uh, uh, that made first team. Jaden uh, Ivy, Ivy, yeah, yeah, Jaden Ivy. Keegan Murray's a beast too. Yeah, Keegan Murray's a beast. Like with with Jordan da- or Johnny Davis, there are times you were like, he has 20 points. He has like he has 17 points. Like. We were like, where, where did it come from? Like, you, you, it's like they're all from the line. He gets fouled, he goes to the line, but he just disappears, and I, I, I hate that. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't like that. See, yeah, my, great. my biggest thing with that is like, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter like what you think. The only people that are, it really matters is like the NBA scouts and NBA teams, and they yeah. see him as potential top oh, fifteen absolutely. pick. Absolutely, I, I'm, I'm just. I, 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 I know where you're, I, I think I, I get where you're coming from though, G Dub. You're like, there's so much hype, and he's the Big Ten Player of the Year, and you're looking at a lottery pick, and like, how far could he get, you know, up the draft board? And then your lasting memory is getting hurt against Nebraska. You lose uh, the Big Ten outright, then you lose right away to Tom Izzo and the Michigan State, you know, Spartans with a right. terrible game from Johnny Davis. And then Colgate, I mean, Johnny Davis did score the final 14 points, but it was a struggle against a 15-seed Colgate, uh, or 14-seed, and then, were they 15? 14-seed. And then what we saw against Iowa State was pretty tough. It probably was one of his worst games. 
I get yeah. what I get what you're. you're yeah, your some of his going. some mm-hmm. of his nights where you say, "Oh, he had 20 points." It's, it was like a volume night because he shot yeah. the ball 20 times. Right. And I, I just I don't don't get me wrong. He's a freaking awesome, awesome player. But I, I like other players from that first team. Uh, big Ten. like Jackson Davis. I, that, I I could watch that guy all day. He's he's fun to watch. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I, I know I what just, you're saying. I don't know. I don't know and if then, he's... And then his attitude kind of... I, I get it. Everybody calls him a silent assassin, killer, or whatever. But what turned me off was the the shot of when the, the selection Sunday. And he's just kind of sitting there like... I, I, and I don't, I don't know the guy. I don't know. Maybe that's... <laughs> well, he's always like that. He's always stone face. Stone I, I just don't... I don't know. Something about him. He's always kinda, been like... Even last year when he's come off the bench, he's always he's always just stone face. He's a guy that doesn't yeah. show a lot of a, you know, a, emotion and, off the And court. I don't like... Yeah, bashing a guy for, but I don't, something about it. I just don't. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, 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 guess, I guess look at it this way. I mean, he's not going to be back next year. He's definitely going to the NBA's draft. Right. So, and, you know, did you enjoy? Time. Did you enjoy the season uh, as a whole? It was a hell of a ride. Like nobody okay. thought it was coming. It was yeah. a hell of a ride. I'm glad I got to watch him play. And the, this whole team play. Brad Davis to play. Like it was. Like to to what to your point though, I think in the NBA, I don't really see Johnny Davis having like too much of a position. I don't know if he'll like have a long career in the NBA by any means, but I would like to see what happens. You know? Yeah, I I I had a good point, not a good point. I mean, you always have good points, G Dub. Yeah, no, smart man. Grant Bills, Grant Bills had a Twitter space thing where you can go on and talk. Yeah, and and I made the point of uh, I'd rather watch Ethan Happ play. (laughs) I'd rather have Ethan Happ than Jordan or Johnny Davis. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I would. I know what I'm getting. I know what, he's consistent. He, yeah, he can't shoot free throws, but I know what I'm getting with with Ethan Happ. Okay. Well, I don't know where he's playing right now, Ethan Happ, but G Dub as a as a collegiate player. Not yeah. Okay, I got you. One place I know he doesn't play or his game doesn't play free throw line. Free throw line. <laughs> hey, G Dub, yeah. have a good day, brother. We love you. Sorry, I took so much time. Oh, we don't apologize here, buddy. Okay. All right, see you, buddy. See, see you, homie. See you. Now, <laughs> that's right. Dave from Monona must be listening because he messages in here to over the line saying, "Tell G Dub he sounds pretty good if he sounds like Dave from Monona." Oh yeah, because he's I don't want to sound like he Dave plays from Paul in either. basketball Bundesliga right now. So he's in yeah. Germany. Yeah. He's in Germany. Interesting. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, this is Pete from Monona. My man Pete. What's going on, Pete? Well. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, you intimated that I was a uh, guard hater. I, I'm not. I'm not a guard hater. Was I mean, that, did I did I did I insinuate that to you, Pete? I I, I yeah, take that back. Yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, I, I think. I think you I just got. Talking. I think you were called collateral damage in that when I was going after the all the guard haters. I think you were collateral well, damage, Pete. No, I, I I'm not a guard hater. I I mean, he's an he he's a fine man, and and you know, and I like people who who donate to charity. I mean, like most of the coaches at at you know Wisconsin, he's he's mediocre, and 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 he got the job because of you know who he knew, and you know I would is, def- definitely is, agree with you on that. Bo Ryan definitely had made it so guard you know was put in there, but then guard yeah. did have to win with those players. That was a that was a nice turnaround season for Gardo when he got in. So, you know, and it, which is what bothers me the most about uh, yeah, Wisconsin athletics. It's all, it's all insular. You know, they're, they're afraid to bring somebody in from the outside because people in the state uh, tend to, uh, especially their boosters, they tend to like uh, coaches who look like them if you catch my drift. So, you know, but I don't, I don't, I'm not a guard hater. He's a, he, he seems like a nice man. And, and, and I think those guys that knifed him in the back, you know, because, <clears throat> they they weren't you know they were mediocre players. I I, I think that that stunk. And then do you think Wisconsin uh, is uh, the program with guard? Do you think they're a top twenty five team consistently in the country? Yeah, big whoop. <laughs> well, I mean, there's three. What is it? Three hundred and fifty eight collegiate basketball teams. That's pretty there's, good. That's, no, there's a lot. That's pretty good, Pete. No, when it comes to a guy that like you know the no, recruits that I, they get that, and stuff. That 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 that's fine. You know, I mean, I I would love to win the championship we, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, well, no, final four, final four is is you know that that that's that's what makes you a lead program. Otherwise, than that, yeah, they they're they're competitive and you know, but but given the 
as a consumer, given the expense and, you know, and the time that you have to put in and, and the, and the money that you have to pay. Like I had to, when they built a cult center, you know, <laughs> yeah. I had to pay for a seat license. I mean, Lame. but as a consumer, I want more, but, 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 but in Wisconsin, if these guys, you know, they're, they, they look like who, who sit in the red, red shirts for the most part in, in, you know, then that that's good enough for them. But, but like I said, I don't, I don't think he's a bad guy, but, but he is mediocre. And, and so is a football coach. I think for the amount of money that you paid those guys, you can do better, but people seem to be, you know, it's okay with them, but it isn't with me. That's why I stopped going. Yeah. Oh, and, Oh gosh, the other thing I wanted to say. Oh, March Madness, yes. The 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 priest that invented the science of uh <laughs> genetics. Yeah. His name was Gregor Mendel. I gotta look this up. He, yeah, he did he, plants. He, he, yeah, that's right. He was he was an Augustinian priest and that's who runs Villanova and that's who founded my high school. Oh. It was Mendel Catholic High School. Huh. Oh. So I always root for Villanova. I like Vill- so Pete, that answers my question, Villanova or Michigan. Uh I feel like you I don't know, do you, I feel like you would enjoy a, a Cinderella story like an underdog. What do you want uh, to happen between St. Peter's and Purdue? I don't care. Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin got knocked out of the tournament. I don't care. Yeah. See, I don't gamble anymore, so I don't, I don't care. Do you have a bracket? I, huh? Do you have a bracket? No, I no 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 no. I got I got old and and I you know I like baseball and and kind of hockey and that's what I'm interested in. Okay, okay, I got you. All right, Pete. Well, uh, collateral damage for the Greg Gard hater, uh, Pete. You were just okay. collateral damage there, that one, buddy. You know, and I'm not. I mean, those toadies at 1070 that that you know spend all those their day you know making apologies for <laughs> for the badges. You know, that, that's why nobody listens to them anymore. You're correct, Pete. You got that right. That's why we love you here, Pete. Bye, Bob. See you, buddy. That is, the, you know how we always kind of joke, like uh, when Calvin Sampson took his shirt off. Yeah. Now he's taking his that pants was, off. That wasn't quote unquote on my bingo board today. No. <laughs> Gregor Mendel wasn't quote unquote on my bingo board today. No. I, I, so who's this dude? He, yeah, it was like genetics with like uh, I think it was pea plants. Oh yeah. Um. God, you really that's that is not definitely not on my bingo card. The father of genetics. Uh, we have worked on pea plants, discovered the fundamental laws of inheritance. There you go. Look at that. Uh, let's go back to the phones line. <laughs> I think I, that was like fifth grade, oh, yeah. and then obviously more advanced oh, stuff oh. later. Yeah, I haven't I haven't thought of that in forever. So, Pete, my bingo card has been filled uh, up with some random stuff lately. Kelvin Sampson shirtless and uh, Gregor Mendel discovering the fundamentals of the laws of inheritance. There you go. See, now I'm starting to so – we cover it all on the show, baby. I'm giving Jay Wright a ton of credit for being a really good coach because Villanova always seems to be good year in and year out. He's done it with guys that have left within three years. He's done it with four and five year guys, and they're always super consistent. But do you see Villanova as an underdog anymore? Because no. they were an underdog when what they beat Georgetown in the eighties. I don't see them as an underdog. I, I don't see them as an underdog anymore either. No, I see them as a team that's... They're, they're, they're a top 25 program Like a as perennially well. good team, you know? I, I'd probably even say they're a better program than top 25. They're probably a top 10 program. So, you know, we had the stat, I think this was two weeks ago, that in the nation, Wisconsin leads the way with most bowl, consecutive bowls and um, March Madness appearances. What was it? 51, I think, was dating back to 1992 or three, if I remember correctly. And the next was, what, Texas or Florida? Uh, there were two or three, th- one or the other. I know Wisconsin le- led the way. And Wisconsin, no doubt a top 25 basketball team in the country, year mm-hmm. in and year out for the most part. I mean, the success is there, but you never have reached the top of the mountain. But look at how many schools always are in that same kind of, well, not all the schools, but the certain schools that are in that top 25 all the time, but also never reach the top of the mountain. Like, yeah. once you say sustained success is successful like that's what you that's what you tip your hat to is like well done you keep you keep winning you never win the big game but you're always winning bigger games the money keeps coming in and you keep yourself on the national stage that's a I'll come clean I'll come clean about Villanova I wish Wisconsin was Villanova (laughs) well Villanova has a FCS football team so 
the money I'm talking, about, basketball. I'm talking about basketball. I wish Wisconsin basketball was well, Villanova basketball. No, I know basketball. that, but it can't be. It's not the main sport. Well, the main the main sport here is football. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, though, that basketball has been more successful than football now? True, but the I main mean, sport's going to be football. Yeah. Like, the football team has more boosters than the basketball team. At Villanova, I'm going to go ahead and say it's the other way around. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Villanova, I think of basketball, and that's the only thing I think of. Right. Or Howie Long. <laughs> Come on, played, you, don't get real, in Villanova. you don't get real deep into, like, the Division One AA football? Well, no. I, Unbelievable. What, what do you get deeper in, Villanova football or Villanova, uh, the founders discovering the fundamental laws of inheritance with pea plants? Well, I knew Villanova football before that, so I'd have to go <laughs> to the football team. Let's go to the phones. Uh, line two, good morning. Who's this? Hey, boys, Kyle. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Hey, man, I want to give a shout-out to G-Dub. That call was great. I thought he he made a lot of great points, and it, it's a really sensitive subject to talk about with Johnny Davis because, obviously, you got a lot of people on different sides of the fence on this. Yeah. I, I'm with G-Dub, man. I, I think, you know, if Johnny Davis came back to Wisconsin next year, just think what this team could be and what that does for his stock value. I mean, yeah, he could come out and he could get hurt, and you, you just you never know what can happen, but he's a good player, and I think he could be great. One more season with the Badgers, I really think would up his stock. But <sighs> I, I'm not. I'm not an NBA scout. I'm just a fan. Yeah, I love my Badgers. I want to see them be good next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I, honestly, I really think one more season in college for this kid could do him some real good good things. No, selfishly, I, I feel you. No, okay, Kyle. This is a, this is a question. I don't disagree that maybe one more year with a with a program like Wisconsin, where that you have hands on coaches, because once you get in the pros, it's not necessarily as much hands on, right? It's a lot of right. playing and like, hey, you're a professional. You, we're going to be here. We're doing this. It's not as much practice and learning stuff. It's more or less growing as in you're playing better competition. I, I don't deny that he could get better. Yeah, uh, working more one on one with college coaching. But also, it's it's hard to say. Are you going to trade that versus the money right now? Right, and that's obviously that's what he's chasing. He's chasing a dream. He's chasing money. Yeah. I just hate to see him go into the NBA too soon and fizzle out way too soon, and then he's not making as much money as he potentially could. Well, right now I see him as high as ninth, going ninth to the New Orleans Pelicans. He's definitely dropped from that uh, top. He was five. A, yeah, he, I think probably was five, month he was and a half seven, ago, and now he's around nine. So I mean, you're still what's the nine? We're making a couple. You're making a couple milli. More than that. Yeah, yeah you're still. Oh, but seven. That's still a lottery pick. You're making a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's gonna get his. Hey, you were talking about those billboards. Yeah, yeah, the Mountain Dew billboards. Yeah. I actually got one not too far from my house. It's it's uh, just before the Pleasant Springs Pub. Oh, the pub, baby! Go. Hell yeah! Shout out to the pub. Yeah, and it's it's just Johnny Davis by himself, and he's got the code red in his hand. <laughs> Did it make you want one, or were you like, eh, no thanks? Yeah, we're good. Nah, if he's holding a beer, maybe. <laughs> Hell yeah! Kyle, have a good day, my man. <laughs> you too, guys. Love you. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, it's Bulldog. Full- well, well, well. Full dog. What's up, dude? What's going on, boys? Just, you know, living large and in charge. Trying to rain, so, trying to hurt all these cats in the studio here. There you go. So, uh, I got a uh, take on Johnny Davis that I think is probably not thought about very often, but could be very beneficial for the Badgers. I'm listening. A lot of time with an excavator to think. I'm listening. No, not today. Too much rain. <laughs> Just move. Shop work today. Well, Full Dog, hit uh, us with it. What's the take, baby? So I actually am excited for Johnny Davis to go to the NBA early because I actually think it's going to help Wisconsin in the long run uh, in the sense that we lose out on a lot of recruits that don't come to Wisconsin because they, they don't feel like they can leave early. Yeah. But this would be a chance for them to see, hey, a guy leaves early, goes in the top ten, guess we can go to Wisconsin and still be NBAers before we're 20. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. Like, uh, people always bag on the back. Like, how could you not have more recruits coming after the back-to-back final four years, right? Well, I mean, they're still in a good spot. And then you look at this Johnny Davis. Yeah, why, why couldn't you? You get the athletes. Wouldn't Johnny Davis be the quickest Wisconsin player to ever go to the NBA? Because all I can remember is third-year guys. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, we... we Everybody gets mad at Tyler Harrell for leaving.
and or decommitting from Wisconsin and going to Kentucky and then leaving after his freshman year. And I I think his biggest argument was that if I go to Kentucky, I have a much better chance and faster chance to get to the NBA than I do if I go to Wisconsin. True. Do you well, think Johnny that Davis could turn that on his on his side? Do you think that Tyler Hero would have played much if yes. he came to Wisconsin for just the one year, yeah. his freshman year? You think he would have played a bunch of minutes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? I mean, Gosser did. Yeah. You know, if if you can shoot, you're going to see the floor. I mean, I think the biggest reason why Johnny Davis didn't play a ton as a freshman is because his offensive game really wasn't developed to the point where he. Uh, and everyone on that team was all seniors, anyways, for the most part. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, if he if he was good enough to light it up from the three point line consistently, he would have seen more minutes last year. I mean, there's they're 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 getting paid to coach these kids for a reason. They yeah. know they know what they're best. They're not gonna not play their best players. I like it, Fuller. Johnny Davis, but, uh, uh, him leaving early is gonna get more. NBA talent saying, I can do it at Wisconsin. I like it that way. Glass half full, baby. Hell yeah. Exactly. Hey, before I let you go, full dog, no big time Packers fans that you, uh, fan, fan that you are. Uh, Devontae Adams leaving. Uh, how'd you take it? I was excited the first time I saw it. I mean, it was, I, uh, I think it's the best move for both parties. And that way. And uh, who do you think they're going to get it for a wide receiver? The news is DK Metcalf, maybe Tyler Lockett, or straight draft. What do you think? Uh, straight draft. I'm I'm looking at a guy like Chris Olave, thinking he'd look really good in green and gold. So who's got better hair, you or Aaron Rodgers? That's easy, me. That a baby. Aaron, Aaron wishes he had my hair. MVP season coming up for Rodgers. Why not? Three yeah. in a row, baby. Fuller, we love you, buddy. Nice hearing from you. Later. See you, buddy. Our guy Rob Reichel, Rowdy, our guy Rob Reichel might still be in Mexico. <laughs> at a time like this with free agency? Robbie, at a, at a time like this, what the hell are you doing? Who, who said you could take vacation and during free agency? Unbelievable, dude. Yeah, I tried to call our boy. I thought he was back, but after a little research, I think he's still in Mexico. Speaking of free agency, though, I'm really enjoying this uh, NFL offseason. As am I. So since Robbie isn't here, I think he's still, again, in Cabo. We'll play a little music for him right here. Just for, just for Robbie. That's for you, Robbie. We miss you, brother. We'll get your hot takes next week, unless you decide to stay a little longer with sweet baby James down there in Mexico. Yes, I'll have to go now. Well, he's not going yet. We talked about the Packers, though, when it Let's comes go, to free agency and receivers. We did talk yesterday about the clip from Colin Coward from TJ Hushmanzada about Robert Woods yeah. was on the Packers list, and it was only their fault that they did not acquire him for a fifth, sixth-round pick. Yep. Now there's rumors. You We talked about a little earlier about DK Metcalf, or Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Lockett. And now I don't know if you saw... Uh, G Dub message, but yeah, Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, and now he's even sending us pictures of articles being written about scary Terry potentially being a Packers target. More evidence that everyone listens to the show and also looks at our DMs, Rowdy. I'll say this though: out of those three guys, I think if I'm the Packers right now, where obviously I still have salary cap issues, uh-huh. uh huh, I'm a little tight for money. Yet I need good receivers, and we have five picks in the first 93 of this year's draft. I think if I'm the Green Bay Packers, out of those three guys, Lockett, Metcalf, and and Terry, uh, Scary Terry, I think I'm going with McLaurin. I think I'm going with Scary Terry if I had to trade for one. Now, Scary Terry's got, what, one more year left on his this deal? This would be the last year of his deal. But his contract, I believe it's only for like four-ish million dollars, where Metcalf got paid. Lockett is getting paid. Yeah, can the Packers afford to pay? I mean, Devontae Adams comes off the books. That's a large that's the number. thing. It's like I don't know if they can afford to pay a lot of money right now unless they continue to open up uh, salary and money with restructuring contacts. Now they are under the cap. They're under the cap. Yeah, but yeah. right now because you had to be a couple. Oh, and by week. the way, um, yeah, 
we talked yesterday about the salary cap and roster, about how they signed Rasul Douglas. They signed. Yeah, the, those details Tunyon came out of Rasul and Douglas. Reed, the Rasul Douglas ones came out. He's only going to be, what is it, a little over $3 million against the cap. Yeah. So that's it was roughly half of what he's going to make per season, which is a good thing. Bob Tunyon still, I don't think those have come out, but I can't imagine he would no, be, it can't be much. a ton. And then same thing with Reed, still yet to come out. But we are seeing uh, some of those details coming out more and more lately. But yeah, they would for them to go and and acquire a Metcalf or a Lockett. In my opinion, I think they'd have to carve out more salary cap. Yeah. So uh, and they haven't done any of those moves yet. No, they really haven't. So scary Terry Terry McLaurin is uh, up there on the short list. Uh, Devontae Parker, Dolphins was linked. Brandon Cooks. Uh, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, we were just talking about. Uh, Corey Davis from the Jets. There was LaViscus Chenault, who many Packer fans, not many, but some Packer fans wanted to get him in the draft in 2020. Uh, uh, Chase Claypool for some readings, are, Darius are, Slayton. So some of those names that you're mentioning, are you really that interested in acquiring them? Like, I get it. They're an upgrade to some of the receivers that they have now, but are you are you really that interested well, in Scary them? Terry would be intriguing. Yeah, like I, but I also that was the one thing that G-Dub proposed. He goes, hey, if the commanders called you today and they offered uh, Terry McLaurin for a first-round pick, would you do it? I said on the surface, no, reason being I would have to know if he was going to sign an extension with the Packers. Yes. Like if I knew he was going to long-term sign like a four-year deal with the Green Bay Packers. You don't just want some rental player. And then he's yeah. Gone. I'm not giving up a first round pick for no, a guy to play one year. Not, definitely not. I, I'm on a three, four-year deal that I know I'm going to be getting him for affordable money. Not, And it's not like McLaurin's going to be able to sign for Devontae Adams money. And actually, maybe he's got a Christian Kirk's agent. I don't know, but I I can't imagine. I wonder who his agent is. But I can't imagine he gets that type of money. But like the the Metcalfs of the world, the Lockets, I think Lockets uh, making like $15 million. Yeah, they're going to want big, well, especially deep. Well, both of them are going to want big money. And I don't know the Packers can carve out big money. Well, what about this, Rowdy? So we've I take the, Chase Claypool, but I I don't know if the Steelers are willing to give up Chase Claypool. They already that, let that's the thing. Juju Smith Schuster walk. Yeah, Juju's gone, and yeah, the, the Scuttle Plus, is, I don't the Steelers know. not willing to deal Claypool. Is Claypool a Packers a Packers guy? <laughs> is he is he a Packers man? Packers people remember when uh, he was down on a knee signaling first down at the end of the game, and people are losing their minds <laughs> yeah, about it because, because he, he cost them like out five time. seconds. Well, Packer people is not really a thing. Um, their new guy, they got Jaron Reed. Uh, he was suspended six games in 2019. I went and looked into why. Uh, let's just say there was a girlfriend and a stripper involved, and the stripper uh, thought she was a more long-term girlfriend than these other girlfriend he had, and things did not go well for uh, the parties involved. Uh, but, Rowdy, uh, looking at this... I, I, a couple of talking heads have been talking about the Packers are just going straight draft. They're- I think so. I think they're going to go. I think in those five picks in the top 93, if they don't package them up, I think they take two receivers. Yeah. And now here's this. Now, Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin now. Five draft picks is what the Dolphins gave up um, with an opening now for a speedster in Kansas City. There is a name that Packer fans will know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The Packers have expressed interest in re-signing MVS, but now MVS is taking a visit, a free agent visit, to Kansas City with Tariq Hill gone. And you know Kansas City, well, who doesn't love speed in the NFL or just in general? So he's going to be having a visit in Kansas City. The question is, would you want him back with the Packers if they truly are interested in MVS? Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I have... Two things to say to that. Number one. Number one. Bye. Number, number two. two. See ya. <laughs> oh, number three. Adios for Spanish-speaking friends out there. Uh, yeah. So MVS, the Packers wide receiver room, though. You're not paying MVS. We're bitching about Tyler Lockett makes fifteen million dollars against the salary cap this year. Uh-huh. I don't think you're paying MVS ten million. Yeah, to just be fast. Exactly. To take the top off the defense. Can he catch it? Can he stay healthy? You know, MVS, not really the greatest of years. What just happened. See, this, if we're going to kind of relate this to like Milwaukee Brewers, you know, in the past, how the Brewers have been criticized for trying to find multiple players to fill one role. Yeah. 
as in like, hey, we're going to sign this third baseman because he's the guy that uh, can go out and hit the baseball, but he struggles at fielding. Then we're going to sign this third baseman because he's the better fielder. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And they try and use like a, a platoon to get the same amount of uh, production that one good player would get from basically the two and kind of like yeah. interchange them. Yeah. That's kind of like what you would be doing with MVS saying, hey, we need a guy that can take the top off of the defense. He's going to sprint down the field. But then we got to find a guy that can go over the middle. And you're kind of trying to piece it together. When you have five picks in the top 100, can you please, please one time go get a, an impact receiver? Now, check this out. This morning, as I was surfing the World Wide Web, perusing the internet, I saw a take of all takes. The Green Bay Packers should not use a first-round pick on a wide receiver this year. Isn't that what the Packers have done every single godforsaken year, dating all the way back to 2002? Now, the last couple 2002. years. The last couple years, the, the wide receiver draft has been extremely deep. Green Bay did not go after any wide receivers. I, there was interest in Jordan Jefferson. Obviously, he was Justin uh, or Justin Jefferson. He was off the board earlier than what they expected or that they could trade up to get. They passed on some other guys, decided not to go do it. You look at this year's draft. Now, it's not as deep as the last two years, which were extremely deep. But the first, I would say, like eight to ten receivers are good. The thumbs up. But that's basically rounds one rounds two and maybe beginning of round three, sure, maybe. Sure. But again, you, if you want a good known receiver and you're going to take him in this draft, it's probably going to have to be in the first or second round. <sighs> the t- I, I'm trying to find where I, f- God, it was, remember, was it CBS sports. Remember, someone's like, they should not use a wide receiver with their first pick. Quintez Cephas's draft. What yeah. was that? 2020 yep. where there was like 35 receivers that were graded out as draftable prospects, Yeah, which was like unheard of. This year, the top is good, but it's only about 10 receivers. And then the, here's the other question. The Packers don't get a they sh, Listen, they haven't done it. Was it Javon Walker, Rowdy? Yeah, 2002. 2002 was the last time they used a first-round pick. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown a touchdown pass to one first-round pick, and that was Mercedes Lewis. We were talking about getting older and you know growing up. The last time the Packers took a receiver in the first round in 2002, I was in second grade elementary school. Yeah, let's see. That's just that ain't right. That's just, <laughs> that just sounds messed up. So please, God. But the question then remains, if they if they don't get a big time free agent or, you know, trade for someone, what happens then with not, not skill, but skill will be there, but, you know, getting a receiver early in the draft and how it affects your team like he's a rookie. How does a rookie respond with Aaron Rodgers? Because your number one right now would be Randall Cobb or Alan Lazard. Also, just to to kind of bag on the Packers taking receivers again, Javon Walker is creeping up to his mid-40s. God. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, unfortunately, lost again in spring training. It's spring training, though. But, oh, my God, Kest Daddy, Keston Hira in Fuego. A double and a home run for Keston Hira last night. Uh, Keston here also starting in left field, Rowdy. Part of further expanding his defensive versatility, said Adam McKelvey. And then our guy J.A. Krebs says, don't you mean defensive liability? <laughs> yeah, so I actually listened <laughs> to Love you, Krebs. a chunk of this game on the radio. 967 FM, 1670, 1670 AM, The Zone. The Zone. The Milwaukee Brewer affiliate of Madison. Oh, yeah. So yes, I did listen to a chunk of this game on the radio, and I found it interesting because... The at least one of the broadcasters was very interested in the fact that Keston here was making his first, you know, big time debut playing an outfield position. Yeah, I guess he didn't do that much research because Keston Hero literally played in the outfield in college before moving to second base in DH. Like he That's came, how you get the elbow problem, right? He Is came that- up an outfielder, so he. It's not like he is brand new to never playing the position before. It's just playing the position at the major league type level. But yes, one thing I want to say, because you see people on both ends of the spectrum. One, don't get too high on spring training and don't get too low on spring training. But I have a caveat. So when the Brewers were undefeated so through spring training so far, well, besides the past two games, and I said the Brewers are going to win the World Series, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, like we kind of joked like they're undefeated. Like at least I, I was joking. I, I wasn't. And 
I was serious. Like when I say don't get too high, don't get too low. Okay. When the, we'll say like the Mike Trouts, the Bryce Harpers, we'll, I guess we'll, I can't throw Christian Yelich in that category anymore. But when those type of players For go sure. out there and really struggle in spring, it's whatever. You know, when the lights turn on and, and the, you know, the, everything starts to go, those guys are going to be there. They're great players. Yeah. Who cares if they struggle for three weeks in spring? Now, when it's don't get too high, for me, it's don't get too high on some of these guys. Like when you have like the 21 year old prospect that comes up and gets three at bats and goes two for three and hits a home run. Yeah. Okay, great. Like this is his first little taste of, of big league baseball. He's got a long ways to go. Most of the time, that's just a flash in the pan. Sure, sure. Uh, and there's been a lot of prospects like Lucy, uh, Lucas Ursig, which some people probably don't even know who the hell that is. He was like a prospect, man, I think in like 2015, 16. Look at Rowdy where, going to rain man on us here. Where everyone loved him. He was a high prospect, supposed to be a next third baseman. He flashed for a little bit up in the big league camp. You never heard from him again. No. He's not even on their prospect list well, anymore. If anything, right? he's old. Like he's not even a prospect. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't get don't get too high, don't get too low when it comes to those two things. But the players that I'm most interested in are kind of those journeymen or the guys that have been there but have had struggles, kind of like the Keston Heroes. And it's how are they playing right now? Because if you're looking at guys like that, that's the difference between making a roster and not making a roster, right? Sure. Because those fringe roster guys, if they get super hot and they can kind of play a couple different positions, they're going to take them at least in the month of April because they want them to continue that hot streak. Yeah. Now, another guy going back to 2018 that a lot of people shat on that I did not was Wade Miley. And this was the reason with Wade Miley. You looked at him in 2018. He was a guy that had a lot of success early in his career, kind of ran into some tough times. But there were reports that in the offseason, he went back to his college coach, one of the coaches he was closest with, and they went back, watched tape, uh, went back and changed his mechanics, went through all this stuff, and he was going back to more of the mechanics he used in college versus what he had kind of started using when he started to struggle in the big leagues. That's kind of, if you've been following the Keston Hira story, that's kind of what Keston Hira has done. Keston Hira was a kid that was one of the best bats coming out of that draft. Like he was major league ready bat, according to some of the scouts. And he came up in 2019 and absolutely hit the cover off the baseball. Yeah. Was sent down because of Travis Shaw. And then then you put Stearns. We went to the Brewers game. You put Stearns on notice. Rowdy had a sign. It said Stearns on notice, bring back Kess Daddy. And I kid you not, as the, the boss was yeah, leaving. that night he was called back up. But that was like something that never should have happened. He never should have been demoted. Evidence, everyone listens and watches the show. But he ran into tough times. You know, after about a year of film, they found that up and in for him is, is a hole in his swing. And when they started really going at it in 2020, they were attacking it. Now, he still had pretty good... Uh, numbers when it came to production, like home runs and RBIs, but the batting average was way lower. Then all of a sudden you turn the page into 2021. They're really exploiting those holes. He's now chasing because he, he's, he's not doing a good job. I guess you would say of um, like fixing the holes in his swing. And yeah, just kind of like dealing with how they're attacking him, going about it. They're always evol- like, you're always evolving, right? In major league, you always got to revamp. Yeah, and he just and and I think a lot of that too was one he was struggling with some of the changes, two when his mom was going through Either breast cancer, cancer yeah. and wasn't doing well. I think that was also kind of just Big another thing yeah. thrown into the mix, and the fact that there was a lot of other players playing well around him, kind of just like a just a situation where it didn't really play to his. Well, he had uh, a tough mental year, you would say, right? But now you're looking at it. If you read anything on Keston Hira, he actually went back to his longtime hitting coach that he's worked with since he was a kid. Yes. They kind of went back, retooled some things. And, and if you look at the video, one of the things they said is when he was coming up, he had that big high leg kick, which the higher the leg kick you have, the better timing you have to have. Yeah. And it's easier to get your timing off. And we know that in baseball, when you have split seconds to make decisions the on needs to, to swing or not, you have to be on point. Well, it looks like they went back and they were messing with his, uh, like the pickup of his foot. He's not picking up as much. It's more of a relaxed, uh, 
Just leg, do, like like Chubbs and Happy Gilmore, just just be easy. Like, be easy. And if you see the home run that he hit last Call night, the hips, that leg is not coming up nearly as high as even his 2019 season uh, where he, he broke out. That's a guy where it's like, if he can continue to hit like that, that's one where I'll believe it. Because for him, it's all about mechanics. We've seen him do it in the past. Exactly. Or like I said, um, like for example, when I think it was Billy McKinney. Billy? Uh, was that a year or two ago where he came out of nowhere and was just ripping the cover off for the like baseball in spring. Weeks. And then all of a sudden they needed him. He made the club. They needed him in April because there were some injuries to Lorenzo Kane and yeah. people were bat, uh, banged up. He came in and stayed hot. And now he stayed hot and helped carry the Brewers to some wins for like two and a half weeks. Then he was gone. Then he was DFA'd. Then was it who picked him up? Then the was it the Mets. Mets. Um, they have the McKinney was, rule now, don't they? Was that the McKinney rule they just made? Or was that for Billy? No, it's Nottingham. Jacob oh, Jacob Nottingham. Nottingham that's what. But it was. yeah, he 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 bounced around to a couple different teams. But that's what I'm saying. Like the only te- the only guys that I look for in spring training to see how well they're doing are guys that are like fringe major leaguers where they're like right on the bubble for the roster or guys like Keston here that have been there, shown some things and have struggled. Everything else to me is like the young prospects or the old star players. It is what it is. Yeah. It I, but is I do it think is. it's, it is something for Keston here. I mean, he's been, well, he's been on fire the spring training. The yeah. yeah. I mean, so five RBIs already this year. Again, you said, don't get too high. Don't get too low, but it's, it's nice to see Keston here doing it because of how he struggled so much, you know, last year and you know, and his mom's free of cancer now, right? From, yeah, I think it? that was announced uh, after yeah. last year. So, you know, great on the hero family. And that's a huge, that. that's a huge impact to the Milwaukee Brewers. If he can come, so he could be DH maybe, but then they say Andrew McCutcheon's going to be the DH. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think. I'll be completely honest. I don't believe that Andrew McCutcheon will be a full time DH for the Milwaukee Brewers. I do not believe what David Stern said. If Keston Hira can hit like he did in 2019, he becomes your odds-on favorite to be a DH because his skills uh, are tailored more for a DH. Especially when we're talking about not really having a position. Yeah. Now they're working men at the corners. Andrew McCutcheon, we know he's a pass gold glover. He might not necessarily have the same legs that he did when he won a gold glove, but you know he can still read a ball off a bat. He can still fill in. Well, there's a when, reason why he's been on the Major League Baseball that yeah, long. Yeah, you, you know he can still fill in here and there and play at least average defense. Now, do I want McCutcheon playing center field for 162 games? No. No, because he's not going to be a plus outfielder. No, yeah, but the, the Brewers are stocked up with uh, outfielders pretty Pretty stocked, actually. The question now becomes, Roddy, with uh, the offense, they're so, especially at the end, they're anemic by the end of it. Well, that's the other thing. They got, the new, about, they got the new hitting coach. Don't get too high. Don't get too low on some of these guys. Corbin Burns got rocked last night. He got rocked. Sort of you know, Brad Box. You know how much I care about that? Zero. Yeah. Like, yeah, he got rocked. Okay. Well, guess what? It was the first time he was throwing a live ball to live batters since literally October. Yep. Two, from what I could tell on the broadcast with what they were saying he was hitting for his velocity and some of the videos I saw of him striking people out. It looks like his change up is better than last year, at least more effective. Bernsey? And two, it still looked like he had velocity and it looked like he was still had some nasty stuff. He just, you know, probably missed a few spots, a little like rusty. First, yeah, exactly. Wasn't he really I'm, working I'm not on too worried. What was he working on a bunch? Was it just it was a change, change up? up? Yeah. His change I, saw, got extra I saw some videos of the change up and it looked pretty good. It looked a lot better than last year, but that's all you need to see is that he still has his velocity. He still has some nasty stuff. Hey, misses a pitch here. There Who cares. It's spring training. There's two weeks till season starts. Yeah. Uh, another one though. Boxberger. He, yeah, got, he got lit, lit up, up last night. He got lit up. He, he's a guy that hadn't, he hasn't been to uh, spring training for that long because remember he was only signed like what less than a week ago. Yeah, so he hasn't been there very long. It's not the same type of off. Wasn't it the same day they opened up uh, spring training? Like, no, because the they opened up spring training. If you remember Friday to Sunday, I think he was signed on Sunday night. Okay, that's what it was. So yeah. he would have at the earliest gotten there Monday. He at needed least his a go day. bag. But like, yeah, you, oh, gotta go, honey. Yep. I'm not too worried. No. I mean, we saw how good he was last year. and If anything, it's more just reps because you think about it, you get six and a half normal weeks for spring training in a regular season. They're down to just three and a half, and it's all condensed. So speaking of pitchers, Rowdy, I have on the stay in history, absolutely incredible. And I know you wanted to get to more um, the signings, right? Um, 
We, we'll, well, have the new, that the pro- we'll have to save that for tomorrow. The brand new prospect list has come out. We'll have to we'll we'll dive hard, hard into that tomorrow. Uh, but Cast Daddy, uh, come full circle. Cast Daddy is batting five hundred five for ten with a double, two home runs, and six RBIs. Last night, two for three, double homer and two ribbies. So Cast Daddy getting it done. See, and another thing with that is everyone can say, "Oh, he's batting five hundred now. He's hot. He hit a home run. He hit a double." He has five RBIs. I think the biggest thing when you're looking at spring training, it's not necessarily the numbers. Like, yeah, that's great. Want to see Keston here tear the cover off the ball. But even if you told me that just his at-bats were better, like his swing. Yeah, does the swing look more cause, nice? Because right now they're saying he's not chasing pitches like he was. The hole in his swing doesn't look as big. The toe tap and leg lift aren't nearly as pronounced. That's all positive things. The the double and the home run go with it. But even if he was doing those things and making hard contact, but they were outs, yeah. it is what it is. It's a small sample size of a week of baseball. Just the fact that he is changing those things and you are seeing success, I think that is a good thing. It's now, can he, the one thing with baseball is it's routine, right? Mm-hmm. It's something you have to do over and over and over again, thousands and thousands of times throughout the year. If he can continue to do that, successfully over and over again, then it'll be a big thing. You can't just go a week or two of doing it well and then revert back to bad habits.